Oh, God, it's amazing where your story leads. Where it leads from, um, from Bethlehem to Galilee to Jerusalem to Houston. Oh, it's amazing where your story leads from the incarnation, that holy, holy birth to a life given to service and miracles to Good Friday and then Easter morning. Oh God, your story leads us to such miracle places, amazing places, life-giving places, holy places. And today may your story lead right into the center of each one of our hearts. Once again, we know that you have that amazing ability to minister to a sanctuary that's full of people and yet minister individually to each one of us. So you know our hearts today, you know where we are and what we need and you know where we are in the story. You know for some of us it really is resurrection day and we are, are just walking on air. But you know that this is a real world and there are some folks in this room today who are still experiencing Good Friday. So be present with each of us and write the story you seek to write in our hearts today. Amen. The morning, much like this morning, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. She was grieving. Good chances that she didn't even sleep that night. Her grief was so great. She was grieving because the one who she loved more than anyone in the world had died. And any of us who have experienced a death in our life knows that when someone we love dies, a part of us dies as well. So when Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb, there is a part of her that's dead inside. She gets there and she sees the empty tomb. Now for us that's good news because we know the story. We know why it's empty. But she didn't. To her best knowledge... Vandals had come during the night and had desecrated the body of her beloved, taken her beloved away. In that moment, her, her grief intensified because not only was the one she loved dead, but now he was gone. I mean, she loved him so much. Just, just shortly before this moment, she had poured oil on his feet. Precious oil. Priceless oil. And she had wiped that oil with her hair. She had anointed him and blessed him and loved him. And now he was gone. A big part of this story is the weeping. The weeping that she felt. On Easter, it's our tendency to move right past the weeping to the rejoicing, to the joy that comes in the morning. But it's morning for Mary. And it's not joy yet. I look at her and her tears and I see our story and her story. And as she goes to that tomb and finds it empty, I'm reminded of why we are here as a congregation, why this community needs us, why there needs to be a church called Resurrection. Because right now there is someone 
probably within blocks of this place, or maybe in, even in this room, where, where the story has not come to resurrection yet, where it's a story of weeping. And we've got to be there for the weeping. There, there needs to be a church somewhere where people can bring their tears and their hurts, where they don't have to get their story right before they come. There needs to be a church somewhere where people can come their imperfection, where people can bring their tears. Our guest speaker this year for anniversary is Elin Harris, and our desire this year was to bring someone who embodies the resurrection story. We're about saving lives, and we wanted someone to speak whose life had been saved. Elin Harris has something in common with Mary Magdalene. He's been to the weeping point. The weeping point sounds something like this. This is Elin Harris in his own words. I felt God wanted no part of me. In my state of sadness, nothing I could say could explain how I felt. That my family's love was not enough and that I had no reason to believe in God, much less live another day. I was convinced that I would die one of the brokenhearted. I moved slowly into my bathroom and took out a large bottle of sleeping pills. I slowly and methodically began to take them. I took one at a time, and then two at a time. I chased them with gulps straight from a bottle of 100-proof vodka. Before the pills began to take effect, I turned off the lights, the television, and the stereo. It still wasn't quiet enough. The darkness and silence were compromised by the sounds of the busy city traffic outside. I could also hear the distant slamming of car doors and the faint sound of voices. I crawled into my bed and decided to give God a final chance to perform one of the miracles I'd heard about in childhood Sunday school classes. I talked silently to God, telling God that I was ready to leave this place called Earth. I asked forgiveness for taking matters into my own hands, but I knew God understood my pain and knew my heart. I closed my eyes and believed I was closing them for the last time. Many of us have a story that sounds very similar to that. Some of us are here today because God worked a miracle in our life to keep us alive and get us here. Our lives have been saved. But there may be others who are actually very close to this point or others who can connect somewhat with this story. You're maybe not suicidal, but you can still look inside your own heart and realize that parts of your heart are dead. You know, maybe you've worked for something all your life. You've really worked towards that goal. You've done all the right things. You've gotten the right education. And it just didn't work out. What you worked for didn't happen. And when that dream died, a part of you died. Others of you dreamed of having a loving relationship with someone who would stand by you and care for you. And to your best knowledge, that's exactly what was happening in your relationship until you happened to see that note that had fallen out of your partner's pocket and is laying there on the floor. 
creating a whole new world that you could have never imagined. And with that betrayal, a part of you has died. Others of you have dreamed of raising a child, and even this morning you saw these children coming forward, and you found yourself saying, where is my child? The one I've dreamed of and prayed for. And a part of you died. If we're honest, there are those disappointments and hurts and betrayals in, their, in our lives. And there are those places in us that need to come alive again. They need to come alive again to love or alive again to dreams or alive again to hope or alive again to God. Maybe the death is more subtle. Maybe it's just like going to church week after week after week and hearing everyone else sing the songs and raise their hands and praise God and you're here but it's not happening for you. You believe but you can't quite feel it. Deadness for you might be apathy. Whatever kind of deadness there might be, those empty tombs inside of us, the resurrection truth is there is a seed in each of us that is a seed of life and a seed of hope. And no matter what we experience in life, that seed never dies. That seed is there ready to be breathed on and loved by God. A seed that will always grow when given the opportunity. Elin Harris discovered that seed after his suicide attempt while in an emergency room at a hospital. It was only later at Howard University Hospital, seated in the busy emergency room among, among gunshot victims and drug addicts, that I realized I wanted to live. Why I wanted to live was not quite clear, but I knew that I must live. My suicide attempt the night before had been unsuccessful for a reason. That seed was still there. That's why we're here. We are here as a congregation to nurture the seeds of hope that are still alive. We are here for a reason because every person matters. And every person has a seed in them just waiting to be loved. Now, there's wonderful news in this story. Though the word weeping is used a number of times, and Mary is described as weeping, and though the angels identify her weeping, and though Jesus identifies her weeping, that, that, that there's a moment where even though she can't seem to see beyond her tears, she does. There is that moment where the seed comes alive in her, and it happens with one word. If you look at your scripture, you'll see the one word. It comes from Jesus' own lips. He sees her weeping. He sees her hurt. He sees her desolation and her desertion. And Jesus says, Mary. When Jesus calls her name, she knows that her beloved is alive. And when she knows her beloved is alive, she knows that she can live again too. And she says, teacher. Teacher. And beyond that, you know what her heart is saying? Her heart is saying, Jesus. Her heart is saying, my beloved. The one who I thought was dead is alive. 
It's a turning point for her. The seed in her begins to live again. The seed comes alive. This congregation for 35 years has been about turning points. And it happens when we hear our name called. It's wonderful how Elin Harris's life turned around in a powerful moment when something happened that nurtured the seed back to life in him. On this Sunday, something happened to me that had never occurred in church. I don't know if it was something the one speaking said, but I felt as though the one speaking was talking only to me. I found myself standing up, my hands stretched in the air with tears rolling down my face, repeating, Thank you, Jesus! Thank you! Then I felt my knees go limp, no longer able to hold my body, and I collapsed in the pew. On that day, I felt the Holy Spirit and knew that Jesus was real. I realized that he didn't expect me to be perfect, and he might even understand the gay thing. I knew if anybody could save me from the pain and loneliness, Jesus could. I was ready to give Jesus a chance. <laughs> That's the moment. That's the moment that Kirk sang about a few moments ago. The moment! For Mary, it was that moment when she knew that Jesus was alive. For Elin Harris, it's that moment when he knew that Jesus was real. Not in some ethereal, out there, unworldly sort of sense, but in a real sense that drove him to his knees, that made him fall down in the pew. There is a moment like that for each one of us, and that's what Easter is all about. Now, some of us are the jumping type. <laughs> I can be that way. <laughs> I can twirl, too. <laughs> but, but for others, that, that moment when you know it's real, it, it may be really quiet. In fact, you may barely move. In fact, that, that, that moving may happen so deep inside that no one knows about it but you. Whether you're the jumping type or the still type, that moment is your moment. That moment when the seed in you begins to live again and the empty tombs in you come alive again where places of desolation become places of flowering. The places in your life that have no rhythm suddenly begin to sound like choirs singing. The drum roll. The beat of life. Hope. Hope to get you through every moment. The seed begins to grow and live. And you have the faith to get through anything. On countless occasions, my faith has pulled me through. And I've learned to keep the faith and to keep on stepping. Because as the Bible says, faith without acts is dead. Faith has gotten me through many tough experiences. The deaths of my beloved grandmother, my close friends Butch and Tim, 
and my ex-lover Mario. Sure, I was sad and heartbroken. I mourned for a time. But as the scripture says, joy cometh in the morning. As I've grown older, I've come to understand that death is a natural progression, a part of the circle of life, and that I will always hold my loved ones in my heart. It's mm. a beautiful scripture you have, and you can memorize it very simply. In fact, you can close your worship folder this morning because the scripture is as simple as this. Weeping turns to rejoicing. Death turns to life. That's the story. That's the seed rebirthed. This Friday I was thinking about this whole idea of the seed and thinking about what's good about Good Friday. What's good about Good Friday is that seed which is Jesus goes into that deep dark place but that dark place is not a place of desolation it's a place where that life is reborn And as I thought about this concept of the seed I wrote this poem give over your own willing give over your own running give over your own desiring to know or be anything and sink down. Sink down to the seed. The seed that God sows in your heart. And let that seed be. Let that seed be in you. And grow in you. And breathe in you. And act in you. And you shall find by sweet experience that God knows that seed. And God loves that seed. And God fills that seed. And that seed will lead to the fullness of life. The seed is alive. Hope is alive. Live again. Live again. When I look at my life now, my longtime love, my family and friends, and my precious little godson, Sean, I realized that because I had the courage to dream a dream and follow it, I've been able to write myself into the very life that I always wanted. Now I know that I never have to be brokenhearted again, and neither do you. Go ahead. No, I dare you. No, I D-double-dog dare you. Live! Yeah. Amen. <laughs>